Just a few days ago, I was speaking with a beloved friend and mentor, and she commented to me, isn't it something how fragile we all are? Of course, she was speaking of my own fragility, but her comment struck me as having universal importance. Moving through life, we try to be so strong, but isn't it something how fragile we all are. My dear friends, what do I say to you, this thriving and beautiful community of young Jews in San Francisco? At this moment, when vicious evil has taken advantage of our fragility, our vulnerability, openness, our love, our people, 11 Jews, mostly elderly, were murdered. And now, not two weeks later, there has been yet another horrific act of gun violence in our state. Tonight, as we choke on the smoke of global warming, I find myself asking, what could I say to comfort you and also empower you? To both strengthen you and also point you towards radical awareness of the preciousness of life. Will my words matter? What can I say that might help make spiritual sense out of so much senselessness? The name of the community of those Jews who perished was Eitz Chaim, Tree of Life. Torah, Judaism teaches, is a tree of life, a tree that can reach up to the expansive blue sky from roots deep in the mud and soil of time. And bearing the fruits of ancient wisdom, hold us in our brokenness and also in our anger. So tonight, I offer you two fruits from that tree that they might be part of building a path towards peace and justice. The first fruit comes to us from Psalm 126. Hazarim bedima barina yitzoru, they who sow in tears shall reap with songs of joy. I first encountered these words a long time ago in a Debbie Friedman song. Some of you may know it. At the time, it struck me as a repeat of various old theologies that tell you not to worry about suffering now because you'll have rewards in the world to come. There's this old anti-religious labor song that I happen to love, written by activist Joe Hill in 1911, called The Preacher and the Slave. And the refrain is as follows. You will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. And then the refrain goes, that's a lie. <laughs> this song critiques the conditions of workers who were told by Christian missionaries not to worry about their suffering, starvation, and terrible working conditions because the real reward would come in the afterlife. At first, I saw the line from Psalms, those who sow in tears will reap in songs of joy, as having that same message, and I didn't like it. I want justice and joy and less suffering now. If there are problems in our world, let's fix them. Not wait for what hip-hop artist The Coup calls the after party in his song, Heaven Tonight. It's a great song on a similar theme. The tikkun olam I believe in happens right here and right now in our lives 
And so it's hard for me to imagine, for example, telling people who just experienced hateful murder in their community about waiting for the time of reaping songs of joy. However, that Saturday night, after the murders in Pittsburgh, I was not able to sleep. And so I put headphones and started to listen to music. And because I am who I am, Debbie Friedman's song was the first song to come onto my shuffle mix. Laying there, after a day that was busy with planning our own community response to the massacre, I finally had some space to feel the pain of what had happened. And I started to think about tears. Those who sow in tears. To sow is to plant seeds by scattering them on the earth. As I think about what happened, and I think of the big questions, who are we? What is it to be Jewish? What is the meaning of our time on this earth? What I started to see differently is that our tears are so very important in building a world of joy. When we live our lives in such a way that the terrible pain of this world And if we are being honest, then we must acknowledge that there is so much pain. If we live with a real awareness of the suffering of all life, then part of what it is to live is to weep. Part of what it is to be Jewish is to see the fullness of what happened in Pittsburgh, in Southern California, in Parkland, Orlando, Sandy Hook, countless other places, Part of what it is to be Jewish is to see the fullness of what happens every day that leads to people wreaking horrific violence against one another and weep and be Jewish and weep. And despite that pain, despite what can feel like an almost impossible future, we sow. We scatter seeds of goodness and love, seeds of harmony, seeds of ethics and justice, because this for us is the ultimate act of faith. The belief that a future of growth and life is possible, not despite our tears, but in some way because of them. That our tears actually help us see and feel and live with the moral clarity that the very best of our tradition demands of us because part of, what it, no, part of knowing what is right and good is feeling in our hearts that which is utterly painful and wrong. Those who sow in tears, those who see the suffering of others and the suffering in their own hearts, those who know how fragile we all really are, can then be people who imagine a world in which we reap in songs of joy. One other fruit on this tree of life. It's found in Esther chapter 4, which we read on Purim. Esther, who is hiding her Jewishness, has married the king, while his assistant Haman is at the same time plotting a genocide against the Jews. In this scene, Mordechai and Esther are communicating about this whore facing their community. They're dispatching messages back and forth from the palace, and Mordechai's final message to Esther trying to convince her to take the risk and help her people, is as follows. Perhaps you have attained this royal position for just such a crisis. His words turn out to be prophetic. In the end, it is Esther's protest, her very risky protest to her husband, the king, that ends up changing the future for the Jewish community. 
Her words of anger rooted in both love and also fear saved the lives of her people, of our people. And so from this ancient story, we also learn that our tradition holds an important place for the voice of protest. Perhaps you are here on this earth, in this life, for just such a crisis. In a moment when the leader of our country traffics in the rhetoric of white supremacy that has caused even conservative Jewish thinkers like Brett Stevens to draw a clear line between his words and the carnage in Pittsburgh, perhaps you are here for just such a crisis. In a moment when the dollars of gun manufacturers speak louder to our elected officials than the cries of children, perhaps you are here for just such a crisis. In a moment when it is easier for a man filled with the toxic hate of anti-Semitism to buy a gun than to fill a prescription, perhaps you are here for just this crisis. It's Chaim He, she is a tree of life, our Torah, and she calls upon each of us to lean into fear and discomfort and raise our voices in a loud and unified call for change. This is not who we are. This is not who we will be. Tonight, my friends, I offer you these two fruits of Torah, tears and protest. Judaism demands of us that we create room for both. Judaism asserts that they are deeply and profoundly connected. May we let our tears flow as we witness the brutality of our world, as we remember just how fragile we all are. May our voices raise in protest because we see clearly what is possible, a beautiful, bright, and justice-filled song of joy. Shabbat Shalom.